Good Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayikra. Uh, Pasuk says, Ki kol mimenu Hashem, that a person cannot bring on their carbon, um, sa'or or devash, that is yeast or honey. And then it says, V'chal karbon minchasecha b'melach timlach, that all karbonos can have salt on them. They're supposed to have salt on them. And the question is, what is the difference? Certain things are allowed on, certain things are not allowed on. And Rav Gifter, Rashiva tells, Rav Gifter said, fascinating idea, uh, which I'll uh, embellish a little bit. And he basically says as follows. <clears throat> um, if we could set the context, generally after a carbon, a carbon is usually where somebody has to do tshuva, somebody has messed up, something has gone wrong. And it's common after something has gone wrong, for a person to be searching, for a person to be looking. How do I need to change? What do I need to do different? Apparently, my first version of myself was really not sufficient. I messed up. I didn't do well. And Rav Gifter says that if you think about the difference, so he says, Saor and Devash are things that entirely change the food that they're putting on. Um, Saor certainly changes the, the, the substance. Devash is an entirely different taste. It's, it, it, it's, it's really, um, it's not the food. It's, it's, it's on the food. Maybe you get a, a little bit of the food, but there's this new taste of, of a honey kind of taste. And he says salt is, salt has the ability to bring out the natural taste of the food. It doesn't really add a new taste it allows you to taste better the actual food. And you're fully tasting the food just in a salty way. And he says that's the difference between Sa'or and Devash and Melach. And back to this person who's bringing a carbon. Again, sometimes he feels as if he needs to entirely change and he needs to be a different person. The Torah is coming to tell us that, you know, the person you have within you, everything you need for Avodah Hashem. Yes, you're bringing a carbon. Yes, you need to make an update. But it's only in the type of update where you're bringing salt. That means you're adding salt to try to bring out the natural and the Latin tastes that are already within you. And you don't need to think of yourself as, I need to make a complete change. I think this is very connected with the famous Gemara, that the Gemara says that before a person is born, they learn the entire Torah and then they lose it. And of course, the idea is very similar, is that even though they lost it, it is still within them. And it's important for a person to realize that he's not completely broken. There is no such thing as completely broken and that he could find within himself the ability to bring out if he just pays attention. Maybe he has to be a little bit more attentive to who he really is. Maybe he has to do some, he has to learn from others. And of course, this is not to say that a person shouldn't uh, take advice from others and that uh, <clears throat> take aidsa from others, but ultimately it's, it's in order to be able to take out what, is, what he is all about. Uh, the famous line of the Ruach Chaim, Ruach Chaim Velazhener, he says somewhere in, uh, in Perkyavos, he says, Amri Inchi, like people say, Ask Eitzah from many 
And then, do, do whatever makes sense to you at the end. So of course, ask advice. Ask and seek advice. But ultimately, to understand, it's there, it's within you. Um, very interesting. I sometimes like to refer to uh, my career as a therapist. And uh, there's, a, uh, <clears throat> there's a, an analogy that I saw once from, from a therapist where he said what he felt that he did in the therapy room is that he said, you know, it's, it's like a Band-Aid. When you put a Band-Aid on a wound, the Band-Aid doesn't actually do any of the healing. He says the Band-Aid just creates a safe enough environment for the skin to be able to do what it does for the unbelievable miracle of skin that Hashem made for it to be able to heal itself. And he said that's how he sees himself as a therapist, that he is just providing that safe environment and the person has within themselves this ability to, to bring out their best self. And I think that is the idea of the salt. That is how we need to think about Carbonos, that it's not an entirely new person. It's bringing out the person's best self, which is already within him. Okay. So an amazing story provided by my uh, tzaddik, my son, uh, Menachem. And he said, he told me this story. So he, he showed me. <clears throat> so there was a Rabbi Auerbach who survived the war. And uh, he was, I'm not sure if it was Orbach or Auerbach, but he was a, a German Jew. And he was actually referred to as the, uh, as the Chavetz Chaim of Germany. And he came to Eretz Yisrael. And when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he had a yeshiva. And he was known to, to try to provide for every single kid. And... Uh, People who have studied, who are aware of the history of what it was like to live in Eretz Yisrael right after the war, uh, it was not so posh, it was not so easy, there was famine, there was a lot going on. And he made it his business to always provide uh, a piece of bread to each kid every day. Um, and there was one kid that someone saw, they went near the uh, kind of the edge of the, of the field where they're playing, and he, he, he threw his, his bread over the fence and people got very upset. Everyone was, was a little bit hungry. And they said, you're wasting. And, and uh, Rosh Hashiva, he tries so hard to get everybody. And what are you doing? And this kid was, was uh, he was sort of defiant. He was like, okay. And he tried to do it quieter. And um, so they, they caught him again doing it. And finally, they, they came and told him that, it, you know, if you do this again, we're, we're not going to give you any more bread. And we're going to suspend you for... for for really wasting. Um, and he did it again. He was caught. And they called in this, this boy's father. And they, they said, you know, he's, he's going to be in big trouble. And the father explained. He said, you know, you don't know the whole story. He said, he, this, this, this son of mine, he has this younger brother. And his brother comes home every day and he complains that he's starving. He doesn't have enough food. And he's, he's growing and he's, he's getting bigger. And he needs this, he needs this food. And... Um, and so he, he didn't want to tell anybody, you know, if he would, if, if the school would allow him to give it to, um, <clears throat> to give it to him, he basically decided he's going to throw it over the fence. He tells his younger brother that, uh, that that's what's going on. And he's been taking it every day. And Rav Orbach was, uh, you know, he was, he was a little bit. Uh, a little bit shamed, he felt he felt like he, he didn't properly 
Don Lakavschus. So, of course, there's always another side to the story. Um, and I think there's also, just to, to think about the, the unbelievable Messias Nefesh of a kid who himself was hungry, what he was willing to do uh, for his younger brother. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Okay. So the Shaila is a Gishmaka Shaila. Let's, let's jump into this. So there was a Frum guy, and he had a friend of his who's not, not Frum, <clears throat> and he asked him, oh, you're going to, you know, I know you fly a lot. Next time you fly, um, if you could go to the duty-free shops and you get me a bottle of whiskey, this is a pretty common occurrence, and it'll be tax-free, and there's better prices, and, um, you know, <clears throat> that'd be great. So the, so the guy says, sure. You know, just to be clear, like, I take no, no responsibility here. Like, happy to buy it for me, you know, for you. But, like, if, if, if you don't come get it, if anything happens to it, if I lose, like, I, I don't want to be bothered with this. I'm happy to do you a favor. So, fine. He brings it to him after Pesach, and the from guy starts uh, realizing. He says, wait a minute, when, when did he fly? And it turns out the guy flew on Cholomoed. And he bought him whiskey on Cholomoed. And the whiskey is chametz gomer. It's complete chametz. And so the question is, um, uh, is the whiskey mutter or usser? We know chametz shavar lava pesach. Chametz that was not sold. It was owned by a Jew. On Pesach is usser. Um, what is the story of this whiskey? So, <clears throat> Rav Zilberstein goes through the, the Shiloh. And the, the discussion is going to center around the halachos of Ein Shliach Ledvar Avera, that although in general we have a concept of Shlichos, that one person can make somebody else their agent, when it comes to asking someone to do an Avera for you, Ein Shliach Ledvar Avera. So let's see uh, what goes on. So, the first, the first crack at this would seem to be Ein Shliach Ledvar Avera. Meaning, when Ruvain told Shimon, do this for me, and Shimon did an Avera for Ruvain, so then we would seem to say that uh, there is no Shlichus, and it would be as if Shimon, the non-from guy, he owns it, okay? The Mishaleach does not, um, because that was not his plan to have him do an Avera, and therefore the Shliach owns it. It'll be Aser after Pesach, um, and then, uh, you know, the, 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 the non-from guy is not from anyway. So, he, you know, he could, we, we could talk about the financials in a second, but, um, <clears throat> but seemingly it's, it's Treif. And this, this from guy, the Meshaleach, the sender, um, he, he accepted the, the Shliach's uh, mention that he was not going to take any achrayas. So you'd have to pay for it. And then he'd be in trouble. He, he would have to throw it out, basically, because it's treif whiskey now. However, the Ramah in Choshe Mishvat, Paskins, that we don't say this by a mummer, by a mummer, somebody who is uh, very public about the fact that he doesn't keep mitzvos. Okay? Why wouldn't we say by a mummer? Because the Gemara in Kedushin, elsewhere, the Gemara brings a svara. Why do we say the reason is, but the Gemara says, Divrei Harav, 
If the, if the Rebbe says something and the Talmud says something, who do you listen to? You always listen to the Rebbe. So the Rebbe is Hashem. And the Talmud is the Mishaleach, the one sending. So, so the Mishaleach has the right to say, like, I didn't think you were actually going to listen to me. Therefore, I wasn't really making you a Shliach. Ain't Shliach Vera. So seemingly, that would not apply, though, by a mummer. A mummer is the person who doesn't live, listen to the Rav. You can't say the Svarah of Divir Rav, Divir Talmud, Mishomen, when you know this person doesn't listen to the Rav. He doesn't keep Torah mitzvahs. So therefore, it's not so simple. Okay? So, uh, the, the Tevas Goma, which is the Prima Gondam, Sefer on the Chumash. Um, so he, he basically says... Let's go through this a little bit. He's talking about almost the same case where somebody uh, purposely asks somebody to buy chametz for him on Pesach, and it's a mummer, right? So again, on the first side, the Ramah says it wouldn't apply, okay? So uh, maybe the Mishaleach should be chayev. Since the Mishaleach can't really claim, I didn't think he would listen to me because he's not from, then the Mishaleach uh, would actually be, sounds like on this point, would be actually, the, the whiskey would for sure be aser, and... We would say Divrei Rav. Uh, sorry, we would say by by Rav by Imotze, the Isra of Oni Chometz would be uh, would be on the Mishaleach. However, uh, the Shach says that there's a Gemara in uh, in Bava Metziah, and there that discusses some of the exclusions of the rule. And one uh, opinion is that if the Shliach is not a Bar Chiyuva, then he would be a Shliach. Okay, so if let's say something's Aser for the Mishaleach. But the shliach is allowed to do it, so it's hard for you to say that the shliach wouldn't have done it. Let's say a kohen asks um, asks a non kohen to uh, to do a kedushin for him for a uh, you know with a grusha. So again, on the shliach, it's not the shliach has no no connection to that. He says I'm I'm allowed to marry a grusha. He's a non kohen. Okay, that's one opinion. The other says that the, that we only say um, we only say this. Um, if the shliach has no choice, then we would say, ye shliach ladvaravera. But otherwise, we say, ain't shliach ladvaravera. Okay? So if the shliach has any choice, so then we still say, ain't shliach ladvaravera. Which sounds like that opinion argues with divrei rav, divrei talmud, divrei mishomen. Okay? So let's go through this. On this tzad, which the shach seems to uh, argue with the Ramah, so on this tzad, the, 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 we'll call him Shimon, the non-from guy, he didn't buy it for himself. He bought it for the, from, for the Mishaleach. Okay? But since he has choice, and according to the Gemara Ba Metziah, if you have a choice, we still say, ain't shliach So therefore, says the Tevas Goma, it, this food would be hefker. How would it be hefker? Let's go through this. The Mishaleach says, I'm not the owner, ain't shliach and we apply it even by a mummer. So the Mishaleach says, I don't own it. The Shliach says, I don't own it either because I was never buying it for myself. I was just buying it for the Mishaleach. So the Mishaleach doesn't own it. The Shliach doesn't own it. Kort says the Prima Godim, it could be that nobody owns it and therefore it's not Chometz Shavrlov Pesach. Chometz Shavrlov Pesach is Chometz that's owned by a Jew. This whiskey was not owned by a Jew or a guy. Oh, sorry, but it was not owned by the, by one, by the Jew uh, who sent him, it was not by, owned by the Jew who bought it. Okay, however, he brings, <clears throat> that seems like maybe there's a Ramah who argues with this, because the Ramah talks about a case of a Jew in, uh, in Simon Tov Nun, he talks about a case of a Jew who buys chametz for a guy. So the Jew buys chametz for a guy, and he says, there's no shlichus 
there's no there's no uh, halachic connection between uh, a guy sending the Jew. So therefore, the, the Jew couldn't actually buy it on behalf of the guy. Therefore, the Jew owns it. So the, and therefore, become a shovel of a Pesach. So that seems to say that even though the Jew never bought it for himself, but since he is connected with it, so uh, it's and since he could not have bought it for the guy, therefore, by default, he's the owner. That seems to be not like the Tevas Goma. However, the Sharetzian brings the Lashon of the end of the Rivash, who the Ramah is quoting over there, and he says that maybe you'll say, so it sounds like he's, he's, he's hearing the idea of the Prima Gadim, he says maybe if you say that the Jew had no kavana to own it, to buy it, but still, since there is responsibility, the Achrayas is on the Jew, therefore that's enough to make it as if it's his, meaning really it's not his, but it's Achrayas. So coming back to the beginning of the Shailah, so... It could be here, it would actually be mutter because the, the case was clearly where the non-firm Jew said, look, I have no responsibility. If it goes well, great. Otherwise, not. I have no responsibility here. And in such a case, it seems like uh, the Tevas Goma holds. It's a Suffolk Rabbanon Lahakel. There's a Tzad of the Ramah that we go with Divrei Rav, Divrei Talmud, Mishomen. And therefore, the actual owner was the Shliach. Um, and then there's the opinion of the Shach, who seems to maybe say not, and uh, whether or not the Ramah argues. Uh, so it's a, whole, <laughs> it's a whole long piece. At the end of the day, he says, Tzorachian, it could be, there's at least a Tzad, that nobody was really the owner, the, the Mishaleach was not the owner, because ain't Shliach Ledvaravera, if we end up going with that, and the Shliach was not the owner, because he had no intention to buy it, and he took no Achrayas. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Take care.